It's good to have you back on this sixth and final episode of my podcast, tackling the topic of trauma and cancer. My name is Hannah, and today I would like to talk to you about the impact of the global COVID-19 pandemic have had on cancer patients, especially from the perspective of its effect on mental health, traumatization, level of distress, or on the development of PTSD. I would also like to introduce a new term into the discussion, which was coined by Michel Flamhol and Scott E. Hall, Hall and Hall, in 2013 in an article, When Treatment Becomes Trauma, Defining, Preventing and Transforming Medical Trauma. So the term is Medical Post-Traumatic Stress Disorder, which is used by Hall and Hall to describe the ongoing trauma experienced as a result of medical procedures, illnesses, and hospital stays, leading to clinically significant reactions such as PTSD, anxiety, depression, complicated grief, and somatic complaints. As we know, medical environments are generally not properly equipped to address the mental health of their patients, and we are socialized to cope with experiences in medical settings without much consideration of the psychological impact of our illness. But we live in a more and more mental health and trauma-conscious society, to use a phrase coined by Dr. Bessa van der Kolk in his book, The Body Keeps the Score. I would go as far as to say 2020 made us more conscious in general, mental health trauma and medical trauma conscious in special. This might actually be a chance of sensibilization of the society to the aspects of medical care, which will become increasingly important in the coming years. If we might have understood and looked at isolated, distressed, traumatized people as those with a destroyed or at least damaged self, and we may have had feelings of superiority and a lot more distance from all, people suffering from medical anxiety, chronic illness. This may have just been the year when we got the chance to be closer than ever to truly step into their shoes. Of course, from another perspective, those suffering from chronic diseases, battling cancer or being in the process of getting a diagnosis, had it harder than ever. Inequalities were deepened without any questions and major disruptions took place in providing the essential psychosocial components of medical care, especially oncologic care. The lack of connectedness and of touch, the epidemic of anxiety inducing over-information in a daily breaking news package, horroristic images of mass graves, overcrowded hospitals and intubation processes, the unfair and unprecedented nature of the pressure on individuals to make immediate and complex decisions about their health in a time of crisis, the substantial disruptions in general healthcare and in oncology care, the absolute superposition of the COVID-19 threat in the medical system will have hardly measurable or even appreciable consequences at this point. But the emotional impact of the coronavirus disease pandemic on populations at large is emerging in the literature. And assessments about the effects of the pandemic on oncology services, survival outcomes, and psychological issues are being done as we speak.
Several studies are already published and much more research is still underway on how the delays caused by the global medical state of emergency and especially the prolonged time to diagnosis may be detrimental to cancer patients. Another cluster of research is being focused on how anti-tumor treatment, immunotherapy and susceptibility of severe COVID-19 are correlated. Also, much-needed systematic reviews are being done to provide the best available evidence of the impact of anti-cancer therapy, be it immunotherapy or chemotherapy, in patients with COVID-19. These are all extremely important steps to guide clinical practice better in times of crisis. And as cancer, not just pandemics, but global crisis situations and environmental disasters are becoming more and more prevalent, disaster mitigation is becoming increasingly relevant to oncology care. In this context, what is happening today may just pave the way for a better consideration of patients with cancer during disaster planning. Characterized by uncertainty, rapidly changing guidelines, amplified individual differences in both patients and healthcare providers in risk aversion and tolerance for uncertainty, the COVID-19 pandemic has put an unimaginable burden on cancer survivors. Moreover, the outbreak of the COVID-19 pandemic has been referred to by many with Nicholas Taleb's term as the black swan for mental health care and the possible turning point for the delivery of psychological services. The number of studies, articles, publications, interviews, blog entries, webinars tackling the impact of the pandemic on mental health is increasing in hyperspeed as the extent of health-related worry during the pandemic reached an all-time high in the majority of population groups, indifferent of their level of vulnerability. Several studies conducted since last spring are also analyzing the risk of traumatization and development of PTSD in survivors of respiratory infections, and are trying to correlate these data with what might be expected to occur among COVID-19 survivals. While conclusive data concerning COVID-19 is of course lacking at this point in time, a heightened risk of PTSD occurred in previous coronavirus infection survivors. And PTSD is known to occur in patient groups who undergo similar hospital courses, including ICU survivals, patients who are intubated and mechanically ventilated, and those that experience delirium, which was a symptom frequently associated with COVID-19. To go further, treatment for COVID-19 may involve extreme stressors for patients, including fear of death from suffocating, pain from these aggressive medical interventions, uh, such as the previously mentioned intubation, the limited ability to communicate live, also due to the physical symptoms, but also due to the restrictions and the feelings of loss of control. Of course, we cannot ignore the fact that a disproportionate number of severe COVID-19 cases already had pre-existing severe medical conditions that are again associated with vulnerability to emotional distress and cognitive impairment. 
Due to the fact that routine anti-cancer treatments and examination is due to happen at the hospitals, patients with cancer were also considered to be at a higher risk of contracting COVID-19 because of the level of exposure and the complicated and long processes of hygienization and adherence to rapidly changing complex rules and regulations. These all made patients with malignancy to feel more to feel more susceptible and vulnerable to coronavirus disease. Unfiltered news constantly reported a greater mortality risk in COVID-19 infection for those with chronic illness and cancer. In addition, several mental illnesses known to be positively correlated with many environmental variables, which are themselves risk factors for COVID-19 infection such as socioeconomic deprivation, working in unsafe environments, living in overcrowded settings or being homeless, institutionalized or in confinement. Persons suffering from a severe mental illness have also more difficulties in following and applying the confusing and constantly changing rules and obligations that are established in relation to the fight against COVID-19. This again, if we put it in the context, is much more dangerous and impactful consequence to those with an oncological disease than it is for other non-cancerous patients. And it takes us back also to the widening gap, the inequality. Acknowledging the paramount importance of providing connection for cancer patients in a COVID-19 digital world, but due to the mandatory distance, the possibilities of telemedicine have come to the fore. However, delivering psychological care to cancer patients during the COVID-19 pandemic posed its own very specific challenges. The importance of nonverbal communication and physical connection in the prevention and treatment of cancer-related PTSD has been discussed. So we can imagine the impact that the social distancing rules, the omnipresent mask, the deprivation of personal presence, physical contact, and touch has had on psycho-oncological care. Transfer to online aid developed at a rapid pace also meant that the majority of older, isolated, and already disadvantaged patients were unable to use the online options. Let's just think about the digital gap in our society. The fact that the therapist could not meet with the patients in person to guide them through trauma-focused work and other treatment components, that patients were restricted in carrying out treatment-related activities and behavioral experiments that involved contact with other people was also a, 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 a very, had also very negative outcomes. Whilst online trauma-focused CBT treatments for PTSD have been developed, which overcome some of these barriers in that they can be delivered remotely, they are not yet routinely available in clinical services around the world. Of course, in the coming period, it is critical to investigate whether patient access to and trust in digital care services can be enhanced, and telemedicine has the potential to relieve more of the incredible burden this pandemic has placed on us, specifically for cancer-related worries. Communication and planning interventions, conversations about mental health must take place. 
findings of the many studies being conducted on mitigating cancer-related emotional distress about the changing relationship between healthcare providers and patients, about trust and worry, may be important to all of us beyond the COVID-19 pandemic. But of course, adjustments to new rules and frameworks takes time. The effect of this unprecedented situation will be felt for a long time. But as well as any crisis, this can also offer us a lens through which we can look at how adversity can lead to growth and see ourselves as a community, an interlinked web of people. We can be more empathetic with the experiences of trauma survivors, with the chronically ill, and with trauma, be it medical, PTSD or otherwise. There is a wealth of literature of post-traumatic growth, meaning-making and resilience of disease survivors. This growing body of research gives hope to all of us who, against their doctor's advice and own better judgment, are researching cancer treatments in the middle of the night when we cannot sleep, or are waiting for procedures that are canceled and delayed. Where we all have to deal with our contracted lives, the lack of direct contact with our family, support groups, or the blow of COVID-19 restrictions, restrictions to those of us who thrive on activity outdoors or on social interaction. We can certainly say that we are resilient in so many ways by learning yoga via Zoom, wishing Happy New Year or organizing birthday parties via WhatsApp, and finding joy and purpose in cooking and music. The COVID-19 pandemic also forced clinicians and researchers to look beyond traditional professional boundaries, working at a speed that would have previously been unthinkable. A widespread shortage of essential equipment in the early stages of the pandemic prompted healthcare staff to search outside their clinical domains for new solutions, establishing new connections and trust relationships at a speed never seen before. The novelty and challenge of such collaborations led to a growing awareness about the value of study that transcends disciplinary boundaries, of finding ways to broaden out the funnel of medical learning. Many programs bring medicine, science, and engineering together, encouraging all of us to develop solutions to practical challenges. With the overburdened institutional medical system, there is also an increased demand for support services outside, outside of the institutional system. Civil organizations dealing with cancer having a more important role than ever in filling in the gaps. I would like to close with this optimistic view of the future. And as health systems become more and more pluralistic, Civil society is a key stakeholder alongside the public and private sectors. I think we should begin to treat it accordingly. Thank you for listening.